Hey everybody and welcome to the show. This is My Daily Trivia and I'm your host, Danny. Now today is Tuesday, October 17th, and I hope that everybody out there is having a good day. Hope you had a good Monday. Hope your Tuesday's going well so far. Hope your week is off to a pretty good start. Now uh, if you're new to the show, I want to say welcome. Uh, My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, no specific topics, and no specific categories. But we do have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday. We do take the weekends off, but each day gets progressively harder. So, of course, today is going to be somewhat easy, right? We're still in the beginning of the week. Perhaps Monday was a little tough. Maybe Tuesday's looking a little bit better for you. Well, we want it to still be kind of easy in terms of our scale. Now, as always, if you find this episode to be a bit too simple, well, you can always tune in tomorrow where we make it a little bit harder. On the other hand, if this episode's a little bit too hard for you, I still think you should tune in tomorrow on Wednesday. We're still going to have fun. It's still going to be a pretty good show. Now, without any further delay, without any further preamble, let's get into today's round of questions with question number one. What does the Scoville scale measure? And that would be spiciness, spiciness or heat, I guess you could say. The Scoville scale is a measurement of pungency, which is spiciness or heat of chili peppers and other substances recorded in Scoville heat units. It is based on a concentration of capsaicinoids, among which capsaicin is the predominant component. The scale is named after its creator, American pharmacist Wilbur Scoville, whose 1912 method is known as the Scoville, or, ready for this word, organoleptic test. That's right, organoleptic test. That's what he created. The Scoville organoleptic test is a subjective assessment derived from the capsaicinoid sensitivity by people experienced with eating hot chilies. So that was Wilbur Scoville back in 1912, biting into peppers and making measurements. You know, between him and Wilbur Wright, Wilbur's back in the 1900s were doing pretty well. I I don't think I've ever met a Wilbur, but back then, inventing a lot of stuff, those Wilburs. Moving on to question number two. The Reinheitsgebot is a series of regulations on the production of beer in what country? And of course, it's Germany. I mean, who else would be passing laws about the purity of their beer? Now, the Reinheitsgebot, as it's pronounced, uh, it literally means purity order, which I think is just such a wonderful German word. No one but the Germans could come up with a word that literally translates to purity order and applies it to beer. Uh, The Reinheitsgebot is a series of regulations limiting the ingredients in beer in Germany and the states of the former Holy Roman Empire. The best-known version of the law was actually adopted in Bavaria in 1516, which, by the way, Bavaria is where Munich and Oktoberfest are held, so clearly some good beer drinkers there. Uh, However, similar regulations predate the Bavarian order. Uh, According to that 1516 Bavarian law, the only ingredients that could be used in the production of beer were water, 
barley, and hops. Now, the text actually did not mention anything about yeast as an ingredient, although yeast was certainly used at the time in the brewing process. So that Reinheitsgebot, that was in Germany, which makes a lot of sense because they do have pretty fantastic beer. I've spent a lot of time in Germany. I speak German, and I can confidently say that uh, perhaps it's because of the purity order, but they do have some pretty darn good beer. Moving on to question number Three. Established on November 11th, 1926, and stretching 2,448 miles across the United States, what famous highway is also known as the Will Rogers Memorial Highway? And that highway, the only famous highway that I know, is Route 66. U.S. Route 66, or U.S. Highway 66, was one of the original highways in the United States' numbered highway system. It was established on November 11, 1926, with road signs erected the following year. The highway, which became one of the most famous roads in the United States, ran from Chicago, Illinois, through Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona before terminating in Santa Monica in Los Angeles County, California, covering a total of 2,448 miles. Now, whenever I think of Route 66, I always think of that uh, that old movie Vacation with Chevy Chase, where they go on a family vacation, a family road trip down Route 66. Uh, an absolute classic. Pretty good. Still holds up. I was actually surprised to learn that they were making highways that back then. I mean, the car had only been around for maybe, what, 10 years? I mean, by 1926, I don't know. I suppose the Model T was coming out. People needed to get around on roads. But still, a little surprised by that. In any case, that is Route 66, the famous highway, also known as the Will Rogers Memorial Highway. Moving on to question number four. Which insects cause malaria. And of course, that is everyone's favorite insect, the mosquito. Malaria is a mosquito-borne infectious disease that affects humans and other vertebrates. Human malaria causes symptoms that typically include fever, fatigue, vomiting, and headaches. Now, in severe cases, it can cause jaundice, seizures, coma, and even death. Symptoms usually begin 10 to 15 days after being bitten by an infected mosquito. So, got to watch out for those mosquitoes. Got to make sure you apply that mosquito spray. Although it's not terribly common in the United States, I saw that there was perhaps... uh, around 1,500 cases in the United States. But if you're traveling out of the country, if you're going to other countries, perhaps something to be aware of. And certainly swat at those mosquitoes. Question number five. Which American president said these famous words? Quote, Government of the people, by the people, for the people. End quote.
And that was old Honest Abe himself, Abraham Lincoln. The Gettysburg Address is a speech that U.S. President Abraham Lincoln delivered during the American Civil War at the dedication of the Soldiers National Cemetery, now known as Gettysburg National Cemetery in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, on the afternoon of November 19th, 1863. That was actually four and a half months after the Union armies defeated Confederate forces in the Battle of Gettysburg. Now, the that famous line that everyone seems to have heard before, it actually starts with this. I'll read the sentence for you. Quote, that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. End quote. Pretty powerful stuff at the Gettysburg Address by President Abraham Lincoln. Question number six. In Peter Pan, what is the name of the pirate? And that, of course, is the infamous Captain Hook. Captain James Hook. Uh, by the way, I did not know that he had a first name, but apparently it's James. My guess is that he's probably named after James Cook, the real captain who discovered Hawaii and the Fiji Islands. In any case, Captain James Hook is the main antagonist of J.M. Barry's 1904 play, Peter Pan, or also known as the boy who wouldn't grow up. The character is a pirate captain of the brig Jolly Roger. His two principal fears are the sight of his own blood, which is supposedly an unnatural color, and of course the crocodile who pursues him after eating the hand cut off by Peter Pan. An iron hook replaced the severed hand, which gave the pirate his name. I actually did not know that thing about his own blood. I do remember he was always afraid of the crocodile, but I don't know anything about the blood part, so that's kind of interesting to me. In any case, that is James Hook, Captain Hook, Peter Pan's arch enemy, aptly named for the iron hook that replaced his hand. Moving on to question number seven. What does BBC, I'm talking about the television and radio company, by the way. What does BBC stand for? BBC has a few different definitions, but in this instance, we're looking for the answer. British Broadcasting Corporation. The British Broadcasting Corporation is a British public service broadcaster headquartered at the Broadcasting House in London, originally established in 1922 as the British Broadcasting Company. Eventually, it evolved into its current state with its current name on New Year's Day, 1927. The oldest and largest local and global broadcaster by stature and by number of employees it employs over 21,000 staff total, of whom approximately 17,900 are in the public sector broadcasting. That's very impressive. And that's the size of a good, you know, 
that's the size of an American town right there. It's about 21,000 people that are all working for the British Broadcasting Corporation. Moving on to question number eight. Oh, speaking of Brits, who is the lead singer of Coldplay? And the lead singer of Coldplay is Chris Martin. Christopher Anthony John Martin, which, by the way, are all first names. This man has only first names for his first, middle, second, middle, and last name. Christopher Anthony John Martin is an English singer, songwriter, musician, and philanthropist. He's best known as the lead vocalist, pianist, rhythm guitarist, and co-founder of the rock band Coldplay. Born in Exeter, Devon, he went to University College London, where he formed the band with classmates Johnny Buckland, Guy Berryman, and Will Champion. He has won seven Grammy Awards and nine Brit Awards as part of the band. They have sold over 100 million albums worldwide as of 2021, making them the most successful group of the 21st century. Now, I was actually pretty surprised to learn that, although I guess uh, I guess I shouldn't be. They're a pretty popular band. I've always thought that it might be, I feel like it'd be a good job to be, let's say, the bass player in a band like Coldplay, because, of course, you're famous, but you can still live your life. People don't know who you are necessarily. I mean, if I walked past the bass player of Coldplay in an airport, I would have no idea who he was. I feel like most people there wouldn't know. So I feel like that would be a pretty good gig. Uh, in any case, we're not talking about the bass player. We're talking about the front man who is recognizable and people do know him. That man is Chris Martin. Moving on to question number nine. What breed of dog did Queen Elizabeth famously own? And the late Queen Elizabeth, she had corgis. The Royal Corgis are the Pembroke Welsh Corgi dogs, formerly owned by Queen Elizabeth II and her parents, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. Fond of corgis since she was a small child, Elizabeth II owned more than 30 corgis from her accession in 1952 until her death in 2022. The corgis enjoyed a privileged life in Buckingham Palace. They resided in a bespoke room devoted to their habitation, known as the Corgi Room. They slept in elevated wicker baskets. The corgis had an extensive menu at the palace, which included fresh rabbit and beef served by a gourmet chef. Now, here's a fun fact for you. Some of the names of her dogs included Susan, Sugar, Honey, Whiskey, Sherry, Bee, and Crackers, which I think are all excellent names for corgis. I could absolutely see a corgi named Crackers. I think it's a great name. She picked a good name. Good job, Queen Elizabeth, and uh, rest in peace. Moving on to our final question of the day. Question number 10. Turtles, bees, frogs, skunks, and snakes are all examples of animals that do what in the wintertime? 
And the answer there is hibernation. They hibernate. They hibernate in the wintertime. All those animals hibernate. Hibernation is a state of minimal activity and metabolic depression undergone by some animal species. Hibernation is a seasonal heterothermy characterized by low body temperatures, slow breathing, and heart rate, and a low metabolic rate. It is most commonly occurring during the winter months. Of course, famously, bears. Most people think of bears, but technically I learned that they actually don't hibernate. They do something else. I forget the word, but those other animals, those turtles, those bees, those frogs, those skunks, those snakes, they are all hibernating in the wintertime. So that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. Now, of course, if you found this round to be a bit too simple, well, tune in tomorrow on Wednesday. We're going to make it a little bit harder. And as always, if you found this episode to be a bit too challenging, I still think you should listen. I mean, you might have fun. You might know the answer to some questions. You might learn a few things. In any case, I want to thank all of you again for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you tomorrow. Tomorrow.